Hello and welcome once again to Mr. Ladies. I am Dana. And I'm Heather. And today we are talking about arguably the most powerful pirate ever in history, uh, Ching Shi, who, as you may have guessed based on the title of our podcast, <laughs> Yester Ladies, is in fact a lady. That's right. And we would argue that she is one of the most successful pirates of all time. By besides. like a number of measurements. Like she was huge. Yeah. She was like the master pirate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, as you might guess from her name, um, Ching Shi is Chinese. And she was born, uh, historians don't know exactly when, but they figure sometime around 1775 um, in the Guangdong province of China, um, which is in Canton. Canton or Canton? I never know how to say uh, it. Canton is a city in oh, okay. that province. Okay. Yes. Okay. There we go. Um, so wait, so was she born in Canton? Within. In the province of Guangzhou. Yes. Okay, yes. okay. Just <laughs> getting that clear. Our lack of Chinese geography is, yes. uh, is and coming out here. We Sorry. should just say at the start of this that we yeah. apologize uh, at the beginning for any terrible mispronunciations, <laughs> which are sure to occur. So, yes, I please forgive our lack of knowledge of Chinese geography and yes. pronunciation. Pronunciation. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> it's not going to it's not going to be good. <laughs> it's not, but just bear with us. Yes. We're trying our best. <laughs> We're pronouncing it all phonetically here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> to be fair, my knowledge of geography in general isn't great. So really? <laughs> that surprises yeah. me. You're so really? informed. Yeah. Oh, no. Oh, all right. Not well. not so much on geography. <laughs> Don't I, it's... I would not have predicted that. Well, that's nice to know, but uh so by we know when approximately she was born and by age twenty six she was working as a prostitute in a floating brothel. Which, which is my favorite fact <laughs> of the podcast. <laughs> we, we were delighted to find out that this was a floating brothel, as if that somehow makes it better. I feel like if I had to work in a brothel <laughs> <laughs> at least if it's a floating be on the water, you know what's yeah. funny is I actually thought that made it worse. Oh, really? <laughs> like, at least, like you're not even on solid ground. Like your your brothel could just sail away. <laughs> like there's really no time. I don't then. know. That seems more fun to it's me. More, <laughs> more exotic. More exotic. Yeah, exactly. Right, nice well, review. We ever have to go into prostitution? I'll try to find us a floating brothel. Aw, thanks. You know, I'm, I'm pleased you. that you're thinking just of me. You. <laughs> <laughs> I guess maybe it would nice. be nicer views. I don't. That's yeah, don't know. exactly. Nicer maybe. views. I think you get many and, views. Like, I don't know. More. Anyway, we should get off See, this topic. That's a terrible topic. Okay. Oh. So this is around 1800 and uh, Ching Shi is working in a brothel. Um, and she catches the eye of a an already pretty successful pirate. Uh, his name is Zheng Yi. Zheng Yi. Zheng Yi. We're pretty sure we're Zheng mispronouncing Yi. that. So <laughs> Zheng Yi um, <laughs> saunters in and uh, she catches his eye. So he... We don't really know how things went after that. We know like he was the, interested in her. These two different versions yes. of what possibly happened are very divergent. But it seems <laughs> the historians are very much like they can't agree. Yes. So either he sent his his pirate hordes <laughs> to raid the brothel and like, you know, take her away as his booty <laughs> like, like literally it's literally a literally booty call. Care. yeah yeah <laughs> pirate yes. booty call yes um I, or he just shows up at the brothel brothel and proposes to right. her and right. she only agrees if he agrees to give her half of his 
um, business, loot. basically, yeah, and loot, loot and empire. And, and um, let her help run it. Too. And let her help yeah. run it. Exactly. So I prefer that version. Uh, well, for of course. Obvious reasons. Of course, we like that version better. <laughs> but even if he hadn't agreed to let her run it, she clearly soon moved into a leadership position. Yeah. So whether... That's why I kind of think maybe that. Uh, yeah. Because it seems more sensible, too. Like, why wouldn't he just, like, walk in and say, like, hey, I like you. Want to marry me? You're and cute. she's like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, g- yeah, given the fact that she ended up. immediately right like co-running his pirate empire with him it seems to me maybe she had kind of negotiated that from the get-go i agree she seems like the kind of personality that would just put it all on that table um and what's interesting is zhang yi actually came from a pirate family i guess it was a multi-generational pirate family and so he had a small fleet he had about um 200 ish ships maybe and And the name of the fleet yes I like this part. It was the Red Flag Fleet. Yeah, that's a good one. I like that too. (laughs) It's it's very classy. Mm -hmm. And um, so we're not sure how they ended up together, but things seem to have been going very successfully. And she became a major part of um, running the organization. (laughs) Organization as of like a pirate uh, crew is. Well, I mean. But it it really was. 200 ships. Yes. And then quickly growing. I mean, it's quite the administrative uh, undertaking yeah I imagine. it would have been like running a corporation yeah. I, well i think of it that way and then they so she immediately started helping him run this and between the two of them they grew from as we said 200 to about 600 ships mm-hmm. in like i guess a seven year period yeah um and formed important alliances um one in particular with okay now i know i'm gonna butcher mm. this Wu she er I'm going to agree with that. Sheer. Yes. Right. Okay. Um, and with him. <laughs> and they, he was a pirate already. And he's a pirate. Yes, yes exactly. They're, they're all pirates. They're yeah. all pirates. Uh, so they formed the Cantonese Pirate Coalition. <laughs> Which sounds like a political party. It does. <laughs> it's pretty great. We have a, a federal election upcoming in Canada. <laughs> yes. Perhaps we can vote for the Cantonese Pirate Coalition. <laughs> the CPC. The CPC, it yeah. sounds like a Canadian political party. It acronym. does sound like it a really Canadian does. political party. Oh, boy. We'll vote for them. Uh, <laughs> yes. And I like that they made alliances as well. So there was like growth within their own fleet, but then they yeah. made a lot of alliances as well, very which seems very strategic. Savvy. Yeah, very savvy. Yeah. yeah. It seems like corporate mergers and all this stuff. Like it's just, <laughs> there's so many connections with a corporate uh, model. It's neat. So um, by this point, we're at about 1807 and um, historians estimate there are around 1700 to 1800 ships. So they're a huge fleet. Um, well, and these are because more pirate no, organizations have no, joined. No, 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 no. They didn't have... 1800 ships until later i think that was her did i get the my understanding was that between when they married about 1800 and 1807 they grew it to about 600 ships i think it was later that it grew so much bigger okay i think i might be reading my notes in the wrong order right (laughs) sorry i mean the reason we're making a big deal about 1807 is because this is at this point unfortunately um zheng yi her husband dies in a typhoon i read yes which is, i, I suppose a risk when well. you're a pirate when you're a pirate yes yeah. living on the water mm-hmm. yes so at this point i think what typically maybe would have happened in this kind of situation and at this time is that you know the whole fleet would have been taken over by another male pirate and um ching shi would kind of i don't know disappear or yeah, take a feed into back the background seat. or something yeah but she i guess just as soon as he had died she started immediately kind of um advocating for herself and um kind of stirring up conversations with it sounds like with 
his family members Mm -hmm. advocating for herself to kind of take over the organization. And she gained control almost immediately um, with the, um, I guess, assistance of uh, Chang Pao. I think that's how we landed Mm -hmm. on pronouncing his name, Chang Pao, who um, at that time was a 21-year-old kind of second-in-command to her former husband who had been, when he was 15, like, forcibly kidnapped and, like, (laughs) you know, forced into piracy. But he very much impressed uh, Zheng Yi, who quickly made him, like, his right-hand man. And um, ultimately, Zheng Yi and Ching Shi adopted him. So he was her adopted son. And we were trying to figure out he would have been maybe about 10 years younger than her. Yeah, approximately. Um, Approximately, yeah. yeah. Um, And uh, so... He must have been cool with this, I guess, with her <laughs> taking over and right. him. She must have been such a force to be reckoned with yes. To, yes. at this time. And with his full support, he was right. like, yeah, okay, I'll support right. you. I'll be your right. number two. But like you are. Yes. Rather than control. him rising to power, as yeah. we assumed would happen. Yeah. Right? The son and the second command of the previous leader. He's going to support his sort of mother figure um, into this rise. I think. If he knew her that well, he would know that his chances were better with her in the lead. <laughs> yes, perhaps. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, really. Yeah, so she she really takes the reins after mm-hmm. her husband dies. And like very soon after. Um, and right after that, there's enormous growth. And I think that's where my previous numbers came in. Right. Uh, and really, because so Zheng Yi died in 1807. And by 1810, so like, mm-hmm. I don't know, within three years, uh, the Red Flag fleet had reached a peak of, as we said, like 1,800 ships. Which is crazy. That is crazy. That's not people, that's ships. Yeah, the people, <laughs> yes. like seventy to 80,000 pirates, which is a lot of pirates. <laughs> a lot of pirates. <laughs> and they, they note that to differentiate between the pirates that were directly under her control, like her personal pirates, there were about 17,000 men. And then with all the alliances, you know, 17,000 men. And then with all the alliances and all of the other like political sort of strings that she could pull, she had influence or control over 70 to 80,000. And we were talking about the scale of this, this operation like this. It's just, the numbers are so huge. The amount of influence she would have had. And they talk about by that point, by 1810, she basically was in control of the entire uh, Guangdong province and yeah. most of the South China Sea. It was a massive swath of geography that she completely controlled ruthlessly. Um, and just the power that comes with that is is amazing. Yeah. Well, and she was very, as we said, she was very savvy kind of as a businesswoman. And right. Yes. An opportunist and kind of saw, I mean, more than just piracy, which was kind of the traditional, mm-hmm. you know, attacking ships and robbing their, their loot and all right. of that and keeping that for yourself. <laughs> but as we say, she ended up literally controlling Guangdong province yes. by gaining control on land by she used what they said like flat bottom boats in the rivers yeah, go up the rivers of the province to you know attack and control all of these villages and towns and um and you know like levying taxes yep. and basically i mean you know extortion and very <laughs> it's all, mob it's all, it's all criminal yeah oh, yes, yes yeah i mean yeah. we're not condoning <laughs> at no point are this, we okay uh, with this criminal syndicate that <laughs> we she had simply going. admire it yeah yeah <laughs> um but uh you're right i thought of mob connections the whole oh, way yeah. through yeah because she was charging protection fees so right. ships that like merchant ships um that wanted to get through her territory would pay protection fees and if they didn't they were just up for grabs by her pirates right and it's like well i can't protect you if you're not going to pay yeah. me and she but was, i mean she did 
fairly she did. say like you know yep. if you pay the protection yep. fee and she would not allow her her pirates to to rob people who had paid the fee right so, i mean she yes. was fair yeah and without her permission and mm-hmm. you're right it was sort of like that honor among thieves like yeah. she would keep her word if yep. you were willing to pay yeah and uh i really loved all the infrastructure that she put into like this crime like she was taxing villages and every ship that plundered had to surrender all the the loot to her and then they divided it up and the plunderers only got to keep what 20 percent and the the other 80 percent went into like supplying all the other ships and they talked about ships that might not have been as successful and i thought this is really the first like social like socialism um or social program to sort of spread the wealth it's i think it's just the first but very smart business yes absolutely tactics yeah I mean, that's how you become a mogul right straight <laughs> yeah her yeah. her gains in right. a very smart way um geez she'd be running a massive corporation today she should be running a massive she should, corporation. Yeah. except it would probably be a terribly corrupt massive court like a polluting, yeah a polluting well, corporation like or something in maybe. the present day she perhaps would not be a criminal true yeah you know, because she wouldn't have she had have, to yeah. necessarily be a prostitute in the first place and catch the eye of a pirate so her life path i think if she were living today would be more corporate and yes. hopefully above board i agree yeah i agree yeah impressively i agree <laughs> um so what else was she up to well well i like that she, sorry That's okay. um i like that she had this as one article we read put it a vast spy network within the government yes. which at that time was the uh Qing dynasty and um so apparently she just had you know, people in her pocket all over the place and knew yeah. everything that was going on in the government. And again, like the mob <laughs> it's, thing it's so is more mob. than piracy yes. and the yeah. kind of like rough and tumble pirates of the Caribbean way we tend to think of it. It was like this vast empire that she had that stretched, you know, it was beyond the sea. It was, you know, within the Chinese government itself. She was extremely powerful. It, it was so so calculated and mm-hmm. so sophisticated and and all encompassing it was really amazing how wide her power spread and uh, this didn't mean that no one fought back uh, no. I, we read about there were two towns up a river who banded together to try to take her on because she was as we say pirate uh, committing piracy up rivers and uh, so they banded together and tried to fight her and she just crushed them <laughs> like came up river oh. just slaughtered them and then went into the the two towns and killed every male in the towns like just murdered she wasn't playing around there. she was not playing no. around <laughs> yeah and this is a, this is a woman who like went all the way <laughs> there was no holding back um no we should talk about her laws so she yes i was gonna bring yeah, that up she set yeah. up a whole system of laws within her fleet um well, she basically had um like an ad hoc government mm-hmm. to control because i mean yeah. when you're controlling this many people especially this many right um you've got to have i think a firm hand so she had a very kind of a strict code about as you as you were saying before like what they did with the their profits (laughs) and how that was distributed and it was all very but yeah she had this severe system of um laws and rules that i guess was much more strict than a lot of other pirate organizations at the time um so yeah. for instance a lot of it involved um beheading you and yeah. throwing your body over it there seemed were, like that was the punishment that, for just about that everything that was kind of like the basic punishment <laughs> you know if you um plundered without her permission you were beheaded and thrown overboard if you uh if she suspected you of stealing her loot or you actually stole it you were beheaded and thrown overboard uh mm-hmm. if you deserted they would cut your ears off yeah that was the, uh, like, the, the much less severe yes. punishment. <laughs> i was like oh i think i would desert uh, uh, i don't know i think i just <laughs> I stick with I would yeah, I I mean, really. <laughs> yeah. um, but I also liked, um, and a lot of the articles pointed this out, that she had um, fairly merciful um, 
ways of dealing with women who were kidnapped. <laughs> so, well, very sexist <laughs> and merciful yeah. uh, ways. Okay, so I love this. I'm I'm just gonna <laughs> take because I love it, this yeah. one. Uh, well, I don't. It's horrible, but like it's quite the fact in history. Um, so her rules about female captives were any unattractive women were set free. Just there you go. Goodbye. Yeah, no, they're not interested. No, her men are interested. So if you're, you know, not deemed appropriately attractive, you get to go. Which I mean, that's nice. That is nice. <laughs> You'd rather have that, I think, than being a pretty girl because yes. if you were a pretty girl. Then they could auction you off or buy you or, but, 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 and this is where, you know, the kind of more slightly modern sensibilities come in. Um, If one of her pirates did take one of these women as um, a captive, then she was considered to be his wife and he had to treat her as such. So he couldn't abuse her and he couldn't cheat on her. And if he did... He would be beheaded, beheaded and his body thrown and overboard. Body thrown overboard. <laughs> Which, I mean, hey, good. You know, <laughs> she, I don't think we should bring that back, but... No, but you know, it's, given the time and the nice. circumstances... That's, yeah. Oh, and I love that one of her strict rules was um, anyone who raped yeah. a woman, uh, again, beheaded and thrown overboard. So, it, I mean, at that time and place, it's pretty progressive that, to have yes. um, such stringent laws against rape. Um now, given that uh, even consensual sex, if you were on duty, I guess, if the pirate, <laughs> if you were caught having sex, once again, beheaded, body thrown overboard, and the woman who was involved in the act would be weighted down at the ankles and thrown overboard. So well, I think I'd rather be beheaded. I was going to say, <laughs> that seems almost worse. Yeah. yeah. So apparently these laws worked because she kept a very good control of <laughs> yeah. <these> well <laughs> thousands of men in her fleets. And um, what else was in here? So, oh, there was also some speculation about whether she was involved in the opium trade. Um, right. Or if she had a hand in that. It was just sort of mentioned. Yeah, that. once yeah. or twice. I Wouldn't my opinion is My opinion is if she was doing that much trade and was interested in profit the way clearly she was, I think it why wouldn't she trade yeah. in that right so i'm sure there was something going on mm-hmm. but um yeah so so eventually she amasses so much power and so much control over this huge area um in south china that the Xing dynasty realizes it has to do something right you yeah. can't just let this woman take over um so they amass their own navy uh so this chinese navy and they sail out to meet her and uh <laughs> they are just thoroughly trounced yeah <laughs> like she didn't even break a sweat no, <laughs> no. her armada just you know decimated just them crushed them yeah, yeah. and the <laughs> The best part is she captured, like, how many ships? Like 63 ships. Yeah, sh- 63 yeah. ships. And uh, the crew members on those ships, she gave the choice of either joining her and, you know, taking part in the celebrations and becoming pirates for her. Or you would have your feet nailed to the deck and you would be beaten to death i guess <laughs> i heard i heard conflicting things either beaten to within an inch within an inch of your life or to death which neither um, sounds yeah. great yeah so as you so. can imagine a lot of those men <laughs> decided to become pirates this was basically a recruiting event for her yeah. so <laughs> like, she recruited any losses in yes. that battle any you know of her pirates that had been killed she got them got them all back all new pirates <laughs> fresh blood it's so smart it's just so great oh. uh, uh, yeah so they said most pirate fleets at this time would have turned and sailed away and fled but she just sailed out and 
took care of business. Ooh, yeah. yeah. No, well, no big deal. so in the aftermath of this, of course, the government, the Chinese government decides, okay, well, maybe we need some help. <laughs> so who did they call? Yes. Naturally. Naturally. But the pride of the seas at the time, <laughs> <laughs> the British, of course, the of course. British fleet, the British Navy, hail Britannia. <laughs> Rules the way. Dana, we know. I'm just. I'm trying to. No, I'm trying to set up the picture because they call in the British Navy. <laughs> They're the dominant superpower yeah. of the globe. I mean, in, I feel on like, the sea. Yeah, everybody yes. knows that, right? Like the yes. Brits rule the waves. You know, especially at this time, yeah. like they're yeah. major. So not only the the Brits, yes, not um, just the Portuguese Navy. Yes, and, and they were also amazing sailors. Right, and they had a, quite a strong navy. Right, and the Dutch and the Dutch. And all together, and the Chinese government pays all of these ships to come. So mm-hmm. there's this massive four-country international <laughs> armada yeah. facing her off of the best naval superpowers in the world. And again, and she, she barely breaks a sweat. Just like, no problem. Completely <laughs> wins the day. Well, I love that fact that her fleet was bigger than all of those navies combined yeah so of course she had the upper hand just by numbers alone yeah not even by skill but a a lot of the references that we were reading talked about how she was a master tactician a master strategist particularly in naval battles so even i feel if she had a smaller fleet she had a very good chance of winning yeah uh but with superior numbers it was it was just cake for her yeah you know Nice try, boys. (laughs) Yeah, I know, right? Man, just fantastic. That just really struck me. I hadn't, like, the the fact that the British were involved, the famed British Navy, and they just nothing it's like what this. we would have thrown at the at the problem yeah <laughs> we were like oh she took that down too oh, okay oh, never mind we'll back away oh so awesome yeah. so great so by this yeah. point and now i had read in one of the articles that by this point there maybe was a little bit of dissension in the although it was just one article that i read that and i didn't really mm. see that anywhere else that there may have been some dissension within her ranks and like things you know some of her alliances maybe were starting to slip a little bit or mm. whatever for whatever reason perhaps none of that was going on and she just felt like you know she wanted to be done with this and or perhaps she figured too like at some point they're going to get enough navies involved <laughs> the entire world will show up trying yeah, to. yeah. So for whatever reason yeah. um she decides to kind of at this point i guess it was in 1810 that the uh the Xing dynasty the chinese government realizes that this this fight is not going so well really at all for them so they think okay well maybe we'll take a different tack and they offer amnesty to uh ching shi and and not just to her but to her entire pirate yeah. fleet i think there so, were a few there were a couple hundred um pirates that didn't get away with it and ended up well, charged so but that's we'll get into that, but what is so great about this is um, she totally agreed to this on her own terms. Yeah. And I, I think from what – I can't remember. I think we read that, like, at first she kind of ignored this and, like, didn't – but at, at some point on when she decided she was ready, <laughs> she showed up at the governor general of Canton's home. Right. And for, I didn't read – why but it seems she brought a group of illiterate women and children with yeah her? there were 17 women and children that she did brought you, to negotiate i don't know why. why no i have no idea why but the strategy seemed to have worked yeah and i guess she was in there for hours 
Okay. Um, well, she had sent her son, so Cheng Pao, who by this point, interestingly, was no longer her son, was now mm. her lover yeah. and the father of her latest child. Mm-hmm. So um, she had sent him in originally to negotiate, oh, okay. and it didn't go well. So then she's like, all right, listen, if you want the job done, you have to do it yourself, <laughs> and brought a retinue of all these women and children for reasons unknown, and sh- and just negotiated nonstop for hours and eventually got, got everything, everything she, wanted. she wanted. Yeah. Which okay, as Included. you were saying, yes. um, out of her enormous fleet and crew, uh only three hundred and seventy six of her pirates uh had any punishment at all. And out of those only hundred and twenty six were executed, which I mean for the time because piracy, like if you were caught, you were always executed. That's it. Like yeah. around the world. Yeah. Like that was yeah. that was it. Um so insane and even more than that even more than getting off scot-free all of these pirates got to keep their their loot their loot (laughs) and and were offered like military jobs (laughs) and the government even gave her money to distribute to ease the transition back into civilian life for these pirates which is very progressive and also unbelievable that they would be willing but i guess if you think of the expense of bringing in another navy i mean who do you bring in if the british don't work off, yeah. but you're better off spending your money to repatriate all these I wonder, pirates i wonder how popular all this was with the um the average yes you know citizen yeah yeah like what yeah. people thought about this whole transaction but, yeah absolutely. i mean yeah from the point of view of the government i think they did the sensible thing really <laughs> in economic terms this yeah. is the way to go so, absolutely as for uh ching shi herself i love this so she as her crew did got to keep her like enormous fortune that she had amassed so she basically retired extremely wealthy and was um granted a uh she was made lady by imperial decree so she was like exalted to the nobility yes and you know, as we say, got off scot free, and and I would like to note that she is only thirty five. Thirty five. She retires age. at thirty five from piracy. <laughs> so between twenty six and thirty five, you know, over the next nine years, I will build the largest and most powerful pirate dynasty of all time, and then I will retire uh, with no punishment, keeping all of my loot. And she sets up like maybe a gambling house and like a slash brothel. brothel. Slash yeah. brothel. I wonder if it was floating. Yeah, <laughs> that's very true. I wonder if it didn't say if it was on land or not. And she raises her children because during all of this, she was a young mother and had a few children somewhere in there in those years of controlling thousands say, of men. This woman makes me feel so inadequate. I was thinking, Dana, she's only 35 and, you know, we're early 30s. Like, where is our pirate dynasty? We need to get moving. We have a fleet. <laughs> she's really putting us to shame. Where's my armada? I want to be a noble lady retired with large wealth after her ruling. Yeah, that seas. sounds all right. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so she ends up passing away at age 69. So she lives to a... You know, pretty comfortable old age. Yep. And uh, and just mother and grandmother. Out, yep, mother and grandmother, and lives out her life in peace and prosperity. I and love. There you go. One of the articles um, ended with the nice little idea that she must have had some pretty great bedtime stories for her children and grandchildren. <laughs> I don't know about. how many of those. Maybe she would have softened some of the details. <laughs> I hope some of those, so. Well, knowing her, maybe not. Maybe she not. Just yeah. give it to them straight. Yeah. And I cut off his head and yeah. threw his body overboard. Just insane. Yes. So we admire her tenacity and her ability to control large amounts of people and goods and just the, her administrative skills and her moxie and in just the, the guts it would have taken at this early time. In the 1800s. In the very early 1800s. I mean, I feel as like... a young woman in yeah. her late 20s and early 30s. I feel like that's still, in our day and age, that's often not the easiest thing 
for a woman to do just you know kind of corporate it's still there difficulties and very i mean obviously nothing like at the time so i mean at the time just yeah remarkable and what was struck uh struck me as well as she built up this empire at a time when i have kind of understood from other you know readings about pirates at the time uh that piracy was kind of on the wane because this is like turn of the century like 1800 and the golden age of piracy from my understanding was more in the previous century in the 18th century and you know things had kind of started to to go downhill for most most pirates that's um, true because this isn't long before steam ships and steam travel yeah. really start to dominate and so she's sort of at the last gasp of true piracy well I mean, classic yeah. piracy i guess and so. the fact that she amassed this just enormous empire right um, this would be shocking today we would be impressed by her today and she oh, yeah. would be like a powerful uh woman on all kinds of wealthy lists today and to yeah. do this 200 something years ago is just phenomenal she's yeah. a phenomenon i really i can only imagine what her personality was like and they don't talk about that a lot they talk about her no. accomplishments but we don't get a view of who she is as a person so it's and it's interesting, isn't it? Because, I mean, like, our culture kind of has a little bit of a, a thing for pirates and piracy, especially given, you know, the success of the Pirates of the Caribbean movies in the last, yes. you know, 10 or so years. Um, we romanticize it, of course. It was a terribly <laughs> awful. Terrible things to yeah. do, yes. Um, but what's so interesting is, I mean, I had never heard of Xingxi. Most right. people have not. But she was, as we said at the beginning, arguably the most successful pirate. Not just female pirate, but the most successful of, of pirate. any pirates, right? We've all heard of, of Blackbeard all and, yeah. and all these oh, other yeah, famous pirates. Blackbeard and all, yeah, yes, all these yes. other Calico Jack and, yeah. and all these gents. And I've heard of other female pirates mm-hmm. like um, uh, Anne Bonnie and, Bonny and, and um, Mary, Reed, Mary Reed, right? Yeah. But they were just drops in the bucket compared to well, how large and influential she was. And as a couple of the articles we read pointed out, not only the fact that she had this enormous empire, but that in the end she retired you know in glory basically which was extremely rare for pirates most of the time most of even the famous pirates ended in you know death or hanging hanging or yeah Yeah. um it was very unusual to kind of have a happy ending to a to a pirate lifestyle especially for leaders like that so just i mean everything about her makes her i think the most remarkable and successful pirate ever i agree i would have to agree absolutely absolutely volume tenacity just guts and willpower and yeah just amazing really really amazing we are impressed yes ching shi and that's why we were so excited to tell you about her and make this one of our topics Uh, absolutely uh, we think more people should know about her absolutely so i think i don't have anything more do you have any other i'm all set okay Uh, maybe a little plug for there's a mini series called red flag coming out uh or it's being made currently so Mm -hmm. um you know who's starring in it yes um an actress called maggie q who i forget Oh shoot! Now I can't remember. She—it's not something that I've been watching, but she's been in something recently that I think has been fairly successful. That's really vague. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, she's a current Hollywood actress or yes. actor, and yeah. so she she will be starring as mm-hmm. Ching Shi. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you can look for that, right? Yeah. If you're interested in, I think I more. saw that it's a British production, so uh, yeah. perhaps BBC or ITV, one of those. But yeah, it seems like maybe in the next year or so that will be. Mm-hmm. So we didn't even realize that that was on the way when we chose nope. this topic nope. so we're just we're just that good <laughs> <laughs> absolutely yeah all right um so okay i think i think that's about it for 
today's episode. And once again, we will be posting um, links to the resources that we've used for this podcast and uh, please feel free to contact us with um, <laughs> corrections for pronunciations oh dear. or oh dear. geography. <laughs> yes, we, we apologize again. We do. We do apologize if we've gotten anything wrong. But um, I'm Dana. And I'm Heather. And thank you for joining us and we'll see you next time. All right. See you next time. Bye. Bye.